good. Yeah, you're right. Look what we've done to you. We've destroyed Grant. <laughs> good morning, everybody. This is Sportsbeat 88.7 on your dial for March 22nd with Dave Percival and... Dave Caswell. And... Grant's here as well. Uh, to our listeners out there, we were talking. I'm not sure. We've developed a, a real monster with Grant. Because oh, Grant no. is analyzing everything... Very well, by the way. He's like his analysis is fantastic, but he lives and dies for he's hockey. He's the and toughest sports. guy on the show now. Oh yeah, no, I don't oh, think by so. A mile. No. Yeah, yeah, by okay. a mile. Percy, I'm getting a complex here. I know Why we just that? showed up and the news was short. Right, but your jacket's still on. Like, are you are you running out of here or what? I know. You never know what <laughs> appointments I have after this, right? But uh, good point. But we got a good. Let's talk about last night. We'll have a little chat. The Leafs seven-two uh, loss. They get hammered in, in on the island with the New York Islanders. But you know, Grant and Dan, you guys might disagree or agree. Uh, desperate hockey teams right now are playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they mm-hmm. better be ready. The Islanders are playing for a playoff spot. The Leafs aren't. Um, maybe they take it a little casual because they have a couple of games in hand on Tampa Bay, right? Absolutely. Now, with that said, uh, Timothy Lilligren, who I don't like to do this to somebody, but he had a, an abysmal game. He gave the puck away two or three times. That was what they were worried about come playoff time. And when they have a glut of defensemen, Daniel, what's going to happen? Timothy Lilligren will not be playing in, when the pressure's on. Yes. When you have I, a game like that. I like the term glut. Yeah, like a, yeah, they have a glut, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with that said, it, it is only one game. Um, they have to certainly now. What, what got my attention was Sheldon Keefe said, I'm not as worried about the mistakes that happens. I'm worried about our lack of offense, which I would be yep. concerned with too with all those guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I still don't think we have a major worry with the Leafs. But I do want to talk about something. Uh-oh. Have you guys seen that Sheldon Keefe is all over Nylander again? He has said he's not producing enough in the last couple of games. Um, fair enough. But doesn't that bode, you know, I think to our listeners and people that know sports, these coaches have a little more on their plate. They have to deal with different individuals and mm-hmm. different personalities, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Is that a fair comment? No, for sure. Because I don't think you'd be all over Austin Matthews because he's a different person altogether than William Nylander. Right. But I didn't think William Nylander needed a kick, to be quite honest. But obviously I'm not watching the same game that they are. But but Keith feels that he wasn't giving what he should be giving. Yeah, I mean it's obviously it's everything's uh, in a fishbowl with these guys, right? And right. so you know it's game in and game out. There's not going to be hey he was really good for ten games and now you know there's an issue here in the last say four. They're not going to be quiet about it, and so I'm sure that. You know they're not quiet about it with with other players as well. But sometimes uh, the the press are able to pull out information that they don't. That uh, sometimes I'm sure the the coach wishes he didn't mention that he's on Nylander right now. But but you got to he's got to work the, the different players and the dynamic between because some players need a push, some don't need a push. Right, right. fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Figure out personality wise what to do with these guys. But I do yeah. feel very bad for Lilligren having the game that he had last night because it will affect his ability to play in a in a tight situation yeah. because that's pressure, right? Absolutely. Now, please don't judge me, Percy, but I, I had a, a weak moment last night watching the game, and I was actually hoping for a Cal Clutterbuck to actually 
get his first career hat trick. You know, he got two goals in the game. He got an assist as well. And I'm, I'm like, you know, by this point they're down five to two or something. So I was like, you know what? I hope this guy gets his, uh, gets his. Well, uh, I think when this show is over, we're going to have a debriefing okay. to make sure Thank that you. that never happens again. Okay, you want fair Kyle enough. Clutterbuck to get three goals. <laughs> Thank you. Ever, ever, ever. Okay. And uh, keeping on the sports, so the Leafs have a tough week. They have Florida. I believe uh, tomorrow night. I guess yep. tomorrow night. Florida Panthers, who are another desperate hockey team. Mm-hmm. So let's hope they can bring it around. Yep. Ovechkin, big thing. His forty got his fortieth goal last night. And what makes that really special is that's his thirteenth season with forty or more goals. That's so impressive. And that's a record. He that has knocked a guy by the name of Wayne Gretzky off, who had twelve. Yes, isn't that impressive? That is so impressive. They slid that in, and that's that's unbelievable. Now, if he stays healthy. Obviously, he'll continue to play to beat that record. I, we sure hope so at this yes. point, right? But but look what happened to Wayne Gretzky, though. Wayne Gretzky played along. He wasn't the same build as Ovechkin, the big, no. strong guy. Yeah. But he went from being a, a superstar, maybe the greatest ever, to scoring nine goals one year. Everything yes. fell off quick. Yes. So I'm praying that that doesn't happen to Ovechkin. Now, Gretzky did have some significant injuries. Right, like he had his back that had him out for a bit. True, that's and, true. And you know, so there, you know, we uh, Ovechkin has, you know, he hasn't been an Iron Man per se, but he has been able to get through his career uh, relatively injury free. And let's be honest too. I mean, obviously Ovechkin put a lot has put a lot more stress on his body by the style of play compared to Gretzky. I mean, Ovechkin, you know, he's not afraid to get in there, throw the body around and stuff. And that, yeah. and nothing against Gretzky, but that was just not a part of his game. So the fact yeah. that that he's doing this, you know, on top of being an extremely physical player as well, is extremely impressive. And uh, there is a difference when Ovechkin weighs two hundred and forty eight pounds. That's right. You can play a little heavier hockey and yep. take it. Um, Dan. Yes. I, I want to I want to go back on memory. I want to okay. talk about the Blue Jays, and I'm not going to talk about Mosquito yet. Okay, okay, because yeah, I, I can't love wait this. To about. Mosquito. Okay, we're going to talk about Mosquito, but the Blue Jays. Yep. Um, a year ago, we were sitting at the cottage show, and we were having a pop or doing whatever. Yep. And we watched Berrios, who had come in with big acclaim for the Jays, and remember what happened in that game. Yes. What happened, Dan? Uh, he didn't pitch very well. He pitched really badly. Yes. So I've got a burial story for you that will have the Blue Jays a little alarmed. He was pitching for Puerto Rico against Venezuela in uh, the World Baseball Classic, yep. and he started the game that was critical to Puerto Rico. In one inning, he gave up six runs, and eight of the 11 batters uh, got to, got on base against him. So that's a, you know, you think that that's not a big deal. That's not a spring training game where you're working on things. No. That's a critical game where you, where he has pride and he wants to play well for his country and he got shelled. Yeah. So there's something wrong with his pitching or so, it's pretty serious. Really. Well, when he's on, we, we recognize that he's really tough to hit and his, the placement of his ball is right at where it should be. But when he's, when it's off, like he's a very hittable pitcher. Most definitely. Yeah. So when he's off, he's really off as opposed. That just concerned me when I saw that because they, they need a big year out of him. Uh, they, they truly do. He's yeah. one of the keys. So now to go to, go to Mosquito. So Rainer <laughs> Nunez is a uh, Dominican player. Is, is it Rainer or Rainer? Rainer. Rainer. Okay. Rainer Nunez. We're just going to call him Mosquito. Yeah. So Mosquito, when he was 14, was uh, basically the Jays have a feeder of, of Dominican players. And he was a kid that they had their eyes on, you know, and they bring them along. So at 16, he was 5'9", 145 pounds, and 
wiry, and they said he looked like a mosquito. So mosquito has now playing in single A ball in Vancouver, and he's now mosquito. He's not a mosquito. He's anymore. not a mosquito anymore. Mosquito is six foot four, two hundred and forty five pounds, power hitting, moved from shortstop to first base, and he is doing some pretty amazing things. A la Vladimir Guerrero with the bat. Huge I think a power. Great big giant human like that with the nickname Mosquito is. I know going very through funny. life, but but this is what I'm saying. You you these guys start at that level. Now he's a completely different physical specimen and a ball player. He's now a power hitter who is ripping the cover off the ball. Right. So I'm looking forward to a year or so to hear see where Mosquito is in the whole scheme of things. Right. World Baseball Classic. So that is what happened. You wanted this to happen, and it happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. Yes, well, yes, you, you lead us. Atani yeah. was available to pitch in relief. So with the Japanese being up by one and two outs and Mike Trout at the plate and Atani on, and, and on the mound, like that's, you know, Grant, I'm sure you and I had little baseball games back on Ferry Avenue right. <laughs> where it's, you know, the top of the ninth, mm-hmm. two out, and you got to, you know, Got to hit the home run. You got to do it. So, so Jap- Japan wins. Atani strikes Three, him two. out. Yeah, Atani strikes him out. Now, my conversation here is mm-hmm. what's better, a strikeout to win or a home run or a walk-off hit to win? For the fans, a, For home, anybody. Run. a home run. For any wall, what about home fans and your pitcher? Okay, fair enough, yeah. Right? Yeah. So, so- but what's better, like – whether you're like a, a a strikeout to win the game when you're up or a home run or something to win the game when you're down. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know I I love your question, but I'm thinking a different thing. If what pitcher versus batter in that situation. Yep. I think the pitcher has every bit of pressure on him. That's phenomenal pressure. For sure. Uh, you know, on him, but I want to see I I want to see the strikeout. I've changed my whole opinion. The more I think about it, that's what makes it cool, yeah. right, is a strikeout. And I remember something. Uh, Bob Welch, who pitched for the L.A. Dodgers, a really good pitcher, was had to go against Reggie Jackson once years and years ago, and it went on and on and on, and he struck him out. Yeah. And he Jackson kept fouling pitches off, and it was it was for everything. you know. So that kind of stuff, the, the pressure on those guys is just phenomenal on no, the guy sure. pitching. Right? And I bet you were listening to that game in your car in your driveway with your dad. I wish I had been, but unfortunately yeah. I wasn't. I could have yeah. trumped it up, but I didn't. I wasn't in that case. But that was a really good point. What do you want to see? What would you prefer well, to see? Well, see, I'm asking the question, and I don't even have an answer to okay. it. Because I look at uh, Joe Carter's home run, right, to, to win the World Series. Mm-hmm. Uh, you look at, you know, different aspects where it wasn't a strikeout, but it was a play at first for the Jays, again, right. to win the first World Series. Um so, I don't know. The way I look at it is probably as a fan, you want to just see your home team win. Sure. And there's a lot of fun. No matter how uh, it happens. No yeah. matter how it happens. But, I mean, as a, as a Yankee hater, uh, when Rivera came out. Hate's a strong word, Dan. You, well, it, it's, it's the truth. Okay. <laughs> and when Rivera came out. To you know, enter Sandman, you knew that there wasn't a good chance that there was going to be any more runs put on on the board. Yeah, by and large, right? You're right. You're right. And so, as a as sure as a Yankee lover, 
you probably really enjoyed Rivera mowing the competition down. I would think so. Right? Right. So, and I mean, the same thing now that we see in New York with Diaz coming out to the, the trumpet sound, the trumpet song. And when he's like, the place is electric on every strike. Right? Right. So, I don't know. I, I think the strikeout is, is probably, uh, you know, as a fan, your team's already up. You're just saving, like, the you know, coming in for the save. And when they do it and they're successful, it's really good. And what and what you said, too, is as uh, Mike Trout took it with a grain of salt. He had a good smile on his face because, you know, he knows what a Tawny, they're teammates. Yes. And it's got to be the greatest thing in the world for Otani to do that in his, uh, with his teammates, with his Japanese teammates. Oh, for sure. You know what? And he has he has got something that nobody else has, as you and I know. And I have to confess, I mean, I haven't been really drawn to this uh, this competition at all, the World ba- uh, Baseball Classic at all. But I do like to see the fact, like for the Japanese, like them beating the the Americans. I mean, the Americans are. The best baseball. Country. They had they had a, a, a stacked lineup yeah. too. You're right. Like it's and the Americans know how good they are. Like they're accepting a loss to this team. This is how good these Japanese players. Yeah. We don't know a lot about unless the odd one ends up overplaying in the, in Major League Baseball, Correct. right? Yep. But it's a, it's very impressive on the Japanese side. Oh yeah. Yeah, but we as I said, the vibe for this was fantastic. It really was. No, no, for sure. More than I ever would have bet. So I agree with you on that one. Um, the Raptors have a game tonight. I'm, I'm, they're hanging on. I'm, I'm on that roller coaster again. So, but I didn't realize they've won seven in a row. So they've got the Indiana Pacers in who are they're a better team than Indiana. Yep. Better record, better everything. So let's, so I want them to keep progressing. I want to see them in the playoffs. Nope, for sure. Making life miserable on a really good team. Um, now, do we have anything to talk about with regard to World Baseball Classic, or have we, or not The World, World Baseball, Baseball, the Japanese one. No, no, let's, <laughs> goodness, you know what I mean. With March Madness, I've got too many sports going through oh. because I've got, we got the whole lineup here, and the games. There's a little bit of a lull, and then it goes crazy with games. Well, they got to go to school. Well, why? They're not. They're, <laughs> they're 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 NCAA players. They don't go to school, do they? Student athletes. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I mean that's I mean that's just on on a side. Think about the excitement, right? So you're away for the weekend. You play your two games. Let's say you're a team uh, that you know, wasn't expected to go further, right? right? You know, so like, yeah, let's say you're Florida Atlantic. You show up as a be- one of the basketball players back on campus and in your class. Like, it just pats on the back though, everywhere you walk. Like, great job, keep it up, oh, this is fantastic. So they get to, they get to absorb all the, the fanfare on campus all week, or sorry, until tomorrow, and then they're back, and then they're back at like then they're back at it. So, um, you know, there's a lot of. I mean, right now it's now down to the the short strokes. Right. Very rarely do you see uh, a big upset. Like I say, I brought up Florida Atlantic. Um, I can't see them getting past the Volunteers, Tennessee. And you know, it, it's you know, even though that uh, they're ranked ninth and uh, Tennessee's ranked fourth, I still can't see it. Um, where you might see a little bit of action is uh, Kansas State, uh, who's number uh, ranked number three uh, versus number seven Michigan State. Yes, there, there's always something a little bit uh, magical 
with you know with certain teams, right? Like Michigan State, even though there are seven, doesn't seem like it'd be like that Cinderella story, right? Like the the Loyolas of the past and and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, you can take into example, for example, like uh, Connecticut coming up against Arkansas. I wouldn't say that Connecticut's a shoe in because they're fourth and Arkansas is eighth. Like Arkansas is a really good team that's hot right now, and they can be, uh, and they've shown that throughout the the season. Okay, so as you've truly taught me, and I'm not even being sarcastic when I say that, you've got number six Creighton, number yep. six Creighton yep. versus the Smarties, the yep. Princeton Smarties, yep. number fifteen. Princeton could win that. That's not a high-ranking team that's left Creighton. No. So Princeton could be on this run, that's this magical run for a while. They could be on that magical run. And I would predict that even if they win uh, on their, in their next game, I'm not sure if it's Thursday or Friday, even if they win that in the round of 16 and make it to the round of 8, that's when it's... That's that's when it's boiled down, right? And you're so what you're saying. What right. I hear you saying very eloquently is the top seeds should go on. Yes, at this at this juncture. Yes, the better teams, the better teams, the are better teams uh, make it through to the final four. You're you're essentially your top teams. Like it's very rare that you will get a team like North Carolina was in a number eight last year and they made it to the final four, right? Right. So actually, they made it to the finals. So you you have. You have certain teams here that uh, are on a, call it a heater, and eventually they could go cold. Right, for sure. Yeah. No, well, that's interesting. I love it, but that's, but I said we'll have a lot more to report on yeah. that. Now, I, I dug for a little local sports. As you know, I've been watching a little bit of minor hockey. Yep. Um, I, I will admit, without uh, I haven't followed minor hockey in Huntsville, unfortunately, very much. And it's a, I forgot. All I'm going to say about it is I've missed it. Yes. Because when I'm around that arena again, I actually saw the ice surface, and I wanted to go for a skate. I get all excited. You know when that, yep. it's that fresh ice? Yep. All of a sudden, everything kicked in, and now I want to be around there. And I've seen some pretty pretty well-played, high-spirited games and good effort on everybody. Yep. Um, but I want to just touch on this. It's a crazy point. I'm looking for local stuff. Did you know uh, curling? Now, did you ever curl? Uh, I, I have curled. See, I've, I've curled horribly. Okay. Terrible. Yep. Like, any time I had to curl, it was just the worst ever. Um, but it's a very skilled game. So I did not realize that the fella, uh, a Huntsville guy, Rusty Drew, in 1998, he developed and patented that extender, that item that you can push the curling thing, either sitting in a chair, so it's very good for people that might be uh, in a... Sorry. The extender to push the rock, push so you don't have to get down. Okay. So it, it became big in para games. He okay. had the patent for that. And I, I just think that is one of the coolest things ever. Now, they will not uh, – hockey or curling Canada had to approve that. Yep. But uh, obviously you can't use it professionally. But I'll tell you what, I just think it's a very cool thing that it no, allows cool. somebody older like myself that I won't have to get down because I may not get up. <laughs> right? That's, I'm, down, I'm heading down that yep. road right now. You and, need a medical alert bracelet. Yeah, because, because it's a guarantee that I would fall and hit my head. Or I've done that, Oh, too. I've seen that. Yeah, I've done that. I've fallen. So really the only hard. time I've curled is uh, I curled in uh, winter electives in uh, public school. So did I. Um, I think there was a couple of times where we curled in gym in high school. And then I've been to a couple of fundraisers, which I have a really funny story. So yeah. uh, the guys I play hockey with, I, I had a team that was entered in uh, one of the local fundraisers. We go ahead and I'm literally just the guys that are sitting beside me. I say, hey, can you guys, you know, show up on uh, Friday night for this uh, fundraiser? And little do I know, 
One of the guys skipped an officer team. Another guy curled on a regular basis while he was going to University oh of West. Oh my God! So they and, really and the other, then myself and and this other guy, we you know we'd just done it casually. It was it was frightening how bad we beat everybody. Yeah, because you had the guys with you, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, I curled in high, I curled in, a, in an elective in high school with a broken arm. So that tells you just I had broke my, my right arm, but I had to curl left-handed. didn't make a lick of difference yeah. if I used whatever arm it was. It's, yeah. you know. Anyway, it's a neat little story about Rusty Drew and the extender. I yeah. think it's kind of cool. Well, I think we're good today. I think we've, we've gone over a lot of fun things here today. Yep. Um, hey, f- lots of sports coming. We'll have a lot more to report on Friday. I'm Dave for Dave, Dan, and Grant. Take care, and we'll be back on Friday with more sports.